fantastic. Welcome back to the Growing Lean podcast, sponsored by Lean Discovery Group. This is your host, Dylan Burke, also known as Deej, and I'm happy to be here with Chris McNeil, strategic thought leadership coach and consultant, host of Thought Leadership Studio podcast, and founder of Thought Inc. Welcome, Chris. Great to be here, Dylan. Amazing. Thank you for being here. So let's get us started. And can you tell us a little bit about the history of you and your background and how you ended up in the business you are in today? Sure. And and what I do is what's called strategic thought leadership. I help organizations and individuals develop a thought leadership model that can take an audience, build an audience, create a new niche for a business, compel an audience around a unique vision and set of ideas that we call a thought leadership model. Uh, but where that came about is I'm a I'm a serial entrepreneur. I have been an entrepreneur for um, 30 years and started in a fitness business. And I was always skeptical of the big box fitness club model that I started in where I was a manager of a number of Gold's gyms. And these are large fitness centers that sold a lot of memberships and hoped that a lot of people didn't come because then he couldn't sell as many memberships. So the goals of the business were not aligned with the goals of the customers. So I created a new model of one-on-one fitness studios that everybody got a trainer. It was on a month-to-month basis. They paid you know, a lot more than you would at a regular health club, but it was also made real efficient so we could do 30-minute workouts. So it wasn't as expensive as the typical hiring of a personal trainer. And we aligned the business goals with the customer goals. And... I didn't even know to call it blogging at the time. This this business, I'd been in the fitness business a while, but this particular model of the studio started in 1999. Um, but I developed a philosophy around fitness and lifestyle management that was a different way of looking at it. That was very empowering to people who tried diets and it didn't work or tried exercise and it didn't work. And it gave them a real motivational model that was confidence building and that could take someone who'd been a lifelong failure at exercise and turn them into a success. Uh, and But it was based on a philosophy. We called it Map to Fitness. That Now I would call that a thought leadership model. And we're leading people away from the roller coaster of dieting, away from not understanding how to progressively build up your exercise performance so that you get the most out of short workouts and getting more out of less time means you get a greater sense of return on your investment. This is what was a new set of ideas for our audience. And I sold that business in 2008 to friendly competition to go into marketing technology because I'd written software for that business that won some national awards. And it set up a software business for marketing where we... Um, took on kind of the agency role, but with our own custom marketing back end to help businesses of a certain size um, dominate their marketplace. So it gave me an opportunity to see the difference between businesses that dominated their marketplace that grew unbelievably, in some cases, 200% a year, in some cases going from like 
and also ran in the marketplace, number five, number six, to being number one in the marketplace, going over 50% market share. And what were these doing guys doing different? And I studied it um, and modeled it um, and discovered what they're doing different was they saw themselves as the leaders, not just in market share, but the leaders in the, how the marketplace thought about what they did. And they created models of thinking they said well here's how you do this here's how you build a pool here's how you do fundraising here's here's all the components that make it work really well and they took an educational role with the marketplace rather so i took them completely out of the commodity status made them proprietary because they're teaching the marketplace to revere the special ways that they did it and through modeling those successes it ended up evolving to what we now call building a thought leadership model building a thought leadership position and i know that's a little different from how a lot of people think about thought leadership some people think about thought leadership just in terms of you know producing a certain kind of content or being known for your expertise but the thing is you can be known for your expertise, but if your thinking is not impacting the thinking of your audience in a positive way, that expertise isn't really empowering them. You know, so this is a very we call so we call it strategic thought leadership rather than just thought leadership, and I believe it's fundamental to marketing. And and we have created a system now that that really is designed to generate not just progressive linear growth but breakthrough growth. And that's what we specialize in helping companies get breakthrough growth and jump out of wherever they're at into a whole different level of sales and success and market appreciation. Okay, amazing. And so you do that by helping them understand their processes better? Is that we, what you're saying? Well, we, we do it with like a coaching and, and consulting intervention. And I've had a marketing digital agency, like I was saying, for 15 years now. And we've had some of the client, first clients we started with 15 years ago. But I found that the agency model is not the best model for this kind of intervention because I modeled also the relationship with the marketing organization was a big part of the success of those companies. And the, the ones that were successful treated me more like a consultant and a coach. So it's a coaching and consulting program where we go in and with the organization, we study what we call learning pull or learning demand. You know, most companies are familiar with customer demand, what people are willing to pay, you know, for, you know, what features people want, what benefits they want. If, if you don't understand customer demand and you can't design your service or design your product to match that, you're not going to succeed. You know, you're not going to be in business for long. But what most companies don't really understand yet is what's called learning demand or learning pull. And, but, People research online before they make major purchases, something like, depending on what study you look at, 81 to 89% of customers before they make a major purchase go on the internet and try to learn about it so they can make a smarter decision. We call that learning poll. Uh, but what do most companies do? Instead of providing the educational information that empowers the customer, and study, and, and you can do that by studying that learning poll, finding out the questions people ask, finding out how people talk about your profession 
or your type of business when they're talking openly. And that's not in the usually in the post or the blog, it's in the comments. And it's in places like Reddit. So by analyzing natural conversations and looking at how people ask questions of search engines when they're in this research stage, we can find out huge opportunities to take a thought leadership position that separates a company from their competition. Yeah, okay, so it starts study. yeah, so it's a study phase to find opportunities. We call that the listening phase. And it's a three-letter acronym, LEO, like the line. Listening, so that study of what people are asking the internet when they're researching. Envisioning, where we work with the creative minds in a company to help them package their thinking, their unique thinking. Because almost anybody's been in business a while has developed unique ways of thinking that help their customers in a special way, but they don't usually recognize that until you help them pull it out and then package it so that it lends itself well to being distributed over media and impacting a larger audience. And then the third part, the O of Leo, is output. Once you've designed this thought leadership position, you've developed talking points that support it, talking points that are persuasive, that can bring an audience to your point of view, then you output it in all the media that we typically use, you know, social media, email marketing, um, paid placement in some cases, PR is really powerful, uh, developing white papers around those positions so that we got a central manifesto or document about here's the white paper for the industry. And I teach organizations to be the leaders of their industry, to, to open up the bigger vision. You're not just there to make sales, you're there to lead an industry to a new model that is yours, but that also helps customers in ways they never would have even thought of on their own because you have the insight as to what they really want. And customers usually can't articulate that, but there is way, there are ways to find that out. That is, uh, that's super interesting. And I'm sure that's extremely valuable to your clients. Um, do you, when you're working with businesses, is there a specific industry that you find is in need of this most? And also when you work with them, are you working with the top level or are you working with the whole company together? How, how does it work? Well, it has to involve the top level, but it doesn't have to only be the top level. And the reason it has to involve the top level is we're talking about changing thinking. Okay. And that usually means not just changing the marketplace's thinking, but organizations have cultures. And we live in a society where there's a lot of top-down decision-making. And it's easy thing to do to buy into the big data paradigm and just buy a lot of paid reach, which has its place, admittedly, but it's, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about something that's less expensive per lead. It's only 30, 40% per lead to get leads this way um, to respond to research as opposed to just target people. So it involves a change in thinking. So it's got to involve the leadership. And in terms of types of companies, I have not yet found an industry it can't have a really high impact for. And it's been all we've been all over the place, you know, dealing with pool companies, dealing roofing companies, um, you know, and dealing with high tech companies like a company that does web accessibility. We transformed their whole sales model by helping them connect web accessibility, which is making websites easily usable by people with disabilities like blindness. Um, and they're having trouble selling because they're approaching like hospital chains was their primary customer. And they'd be perceived as a tech feature. So they'd go to the tech department and there's this competition where the internal tech people thought they should be doing it. 
And Renault, this is not a technical thing. It requires technical stuff. What it's really about is diversity and inclusion. Because if you're not, you know, including people with disabilities in your diversity and inclusion, then you're not doing it. If you're not including your digital properties in your accessibility, more people probably contact your digital properties and your physical properties. He said it completely transformed the sales process because now he talks to HR departments who are very receptive to his message. Um, so that's an example of a technical firm. And then we have, you know, companies of really all sorts. And, and, it, and again, it's just not been a case yet where I found you can't find opportunities. But what it really takes is open-mindedness and willingness to think differently, willingness to go against the grain, and realize the dominant paradigm of internet marketing most business people follow is might not be the best way to do it. But you know, there's always a lot of pressure to follow the dominant paradigm, the the, the dominant narrative that we need to spend a lot of money to buy paid placement that targets people according to their predictive behavior. That and but see that doesn't include any creativity or growth on the customers' part because then you're just expecting people to do today what they did yesterday. Instead, this is helping empower the customer by helping them see what you do in a different light, how to get more value out of it, or make a smarter decision when they go to purchase it, or even upgrade the use of something to a whole different and complete purpose. And when you do that, then you find that all these people researching online are going to find your media because it's the best answer to their questions. So it ends up and it gives you a very authoritative position where people see you as the leader of the marketplace. And often they won't want to do the business with anyone else because you're the leader. 100%. And so how, how would you measure the success of firstly your clients? and your business? Do you have any specific metrics or KPIs you use? Well, there's leading indicators and there's lagging indicators. Lagging indicators are usually one of the ones the boardroom notices and that's increases in market share. And market share increases can be dramatic. And not every business has an easy time measuring that, but it's like we have a company that's involved in construction and you have to pull a permit to do their kind of instruction work with solar companies that have to pull permits. So you just go to the permit office and calculate how many permits did you get versus the total and you can get this idea of your market share. And that's where we see things like, you know, a, a growth from 30% to 50% market share, which anybody in that kind of business realize that's a quantum leap. That's leapfrogging a lot of competitors all at once. But that's a lagging indicator. The leading indicators have to do with the engagement with your content. And and leading indicator might be, you know, using software like Hotjar is one of them that analyzes how deeply people are engaging in your message. And you find if you just do interruption type advertising, people want to get your message out of the way so they can do whatever they're doing. But if you're answering their questions the best way when they're in research mode and, you know, and give them an enlightening message that empowers them, you'll find they engage more deeply and you can measure that. And that also helps us figure out which of the leading messages are most powerful so we can adjust campaigns because we'll develop, you know, 30, 40 talking points and then see which talking points are really resonating by the engagement metrics we get. 
Amazing. That's audience, that's audience growth is another one. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but audience growth is another leading measure. When you see your your rate of audience growth, like if you have a social media account, suddenly grows much higher. You're getting t- ten or twenty or thirty or a hundred new people a day instead of one a day. That's that's another leading metric because then you know that your message is is creating engagement, and that engagement will lead to sales. Okay, hundred percent. And how long do your your do you work on contracts or how, how long do your clients usually stay with you for? Well, there's, there's some clients that are doing this kind of thing that predated this all coming together, which happened starting just before COVID hit in 2019 is when Thought Inc. was founded, which is specifically for that. But we're using the same kinds of methods with customers we've had since 2008. And we still have some of those customers we started then. So sometimes it's a long-term retainer relationship because we end up handling the media okay. as well through digital agency, which is fifth level web. But sometimes we're just acting as a consultant. Sometimes it's better that we don't handle the media because we're seen purely in a consultative role. It's a relationship of equals. So they're more receptive to where we're guiding them to. And in some cases, it's a very short intervention like that um, digital um, accessibility. That was that was a short two week consultation in like four meetings. Transformed our sales process, and then we wrote some posts around that new message that were became central pieces for them to rewrite their content. So we worked with them maybe a total of six weeks, and it changed everything for them. So we try to be flexible. Sometimes a short intervention is all that's needed. And we usually start with something called the market leadership playbook, which is a project where we do the market research. We negotiate for a thought leadership position. We do some leadership interviews in the company. And we do an outline of a campaign to bring these ideas to life, which they can then take and do it with their own internal resources. Or if they already have an agency, use that agency. Or if they need an agency, they might hire our agency, but that's not required. And that project usually takes about six weeks. Okay, amazing. And uh, how have you adapted to changes in your industry over the years, especially in the last year or so with the whole AI revolution? Um, Has that played any impact for you? It's had a lot of impact in the sense that we've got our own software that we use for some of these things, and we're not licensing the software now, although we may at some point, but we use it ourselves for this kind of research, and we're incorporating AI into it. Uh, but we were actually, before all this happened, we, I was working with one of the top AI guys in the country to develop software to look for these kind of language patterns. It gives us that market insight as to what the unmet values of these an audience is that they're not getting anywhere else. And there's language patterns that can reveal that. So we were already working on incorporating AI in that. And, you know, I like... Um, Peter Drucker's statement that the best way to predict the future is to create it. So I like to think of us as leaders in this and how to perceive artificial intelligence because it's, man, it's really all regurgitation. You know, it's taken maybe the best thinking out there and recombining things in some way, but it's all dependent on human creativity or what have any kind of input to do that. What has shaped what we do, though, is when we create a leading message, a thought leadership position, we want to make sure that it is robust. If people continue to ask artificial intelligence questions instead of using search engines like Google, 
You still want to have your model found. You don't want to have all your talking points repeated without getting credit for it. And that comes from making sure that your model is robust and you maintain provenance by having a name for it that can lead people back to you. So it's affected the way we build models. It's actually just made what we do much more important because if you don't have a strong thought leadership model now, you can't depend on people to just find you from Google as much anymore. And that's trend looks like is going to get stronger. So you have to make sure you package your thinking in a way that if artificial intelligence ingests it, then answers someone's question with it, it can lead them back to you. Okay, amazing. And where do you see the your industry heading? Um, do you see any challenges that might come in the next couple of years? And how, how do you plan to stay on top of everything? Well, where I see, if I was to back up and say that our profession is marketing in general or PR, in general, then I think where it's heading is it's going to become more and more important for leaders to package their best thinking and do the kinds of things that we promote, which is to give customers, give prospective customers, give an audience of people learning about what your field does or your profession does and empowering them more than anyone else. So it's going to make it more and more important to take the customer point of view and give them what's going to help them instead of just trying to sell them without empowering them first to give them a sense of confidence about making smart decisions and being able to get the most out of whatever it is you do for them. So I think it's going to make these kinds of principles even more important. So I feel like we're on the leading edge here and there needs to be a big paradigm shift because you know just the, the big data targeted model it works in a sense, but it also creates pushback because people have privacy concerns. So, and those privacy concerns are causing new laws where things like cookies are going away. It's harder to track people online. And what we do doesn't need any of that because we're recognizing there's a huge number of people already researching, looking for information. If you provide them what they're looking for, you don't have to target them the same way. They'll come to you. 100%. 100%. yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um, so we are running out of time, Chris, but be, before we sign off, um, what advice would you give to other business owners that are looking to succeed in in this industry? Take the customer point of view. You know, get out of your head and, and look at what you do from outside the business's walls because all the results come from outside of business's walls. They come from customer success and customer using what you offer them. See it through the lens of their less adept understanding of what you do through the filtered lens of their limited understanding and design your message to match them and meet them where they're at so that you gain a lot more loyalty, a lot more positive response from marketplace, and as a result, get a lot more business. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for being on the show. Uh, Before we sign off, what is the best way for people to get in touch with Chris McNeil? If you have any offers for them to take advantage of or if they just want to follow your business. I do. Um, And and the podcast is Thought Leadership Studio, which you can just Google that and you'll find it on all the podcast channels and the website, thoughtleadershipstudio.com, where we talk about all this. And also there's a free guide that we offer called the marketer's guide to strategic thought leadership that can give anyone a deeper understanding of the kinds of principles I'm talking about and how to start doing it themselves. And that's it thought T H A U T spelled funny 
So it's T-H-A-U-T dot I-O slash guide. And that'll give them the free guide to marketers, uh, free marketers guide to strategic thought leadership. Okay, amazing. Well, thanks so much for your time. Uh, I really enjoyed this conversation and I look forward to seeing where thoughts goes. I appreciate that. Thanks so much, Dylan. I appreciate you and appreciate the time to speak. Awesome. Cheers for now. Cheers for now. Have a great rest of your day. You too.